If I uh, haven't had a chance to meet, my name's Joe, one of the pastors here, and um, I don't often cry. Um, it's just not something I do. I, I, in fact, I have the, sort of this terrible other tendency when I get uncomfortable or uh, nervous or uh, there's sort of a tense situation, I actually kind of default to smiling or laughing, which as a public speaker, very useful um, because you get nervous and you get tense or you're uncomfortable and then you smile and it like covers up a multitude of sins. Not as useful in marriage though. (laughs) Gotten me into a lot of trouble when there's a tense moment in our marriage and I smile not the response uh, Alyssa is looking for. But I don't, I don't often cry except in movies. Anyone else willing to admit that they love a good cry in a movie? Maybe, maybe you don't always in life, but in a good movie. Um, I love it. And there's one movie that, there's, there's a lot of movies that just make me cry every time. Uh, and there's one I want to talk about tonight. Uh, it, it just, it's just, and it's a good cry. It's this cry that just kind of screams, I get this, you know, like I, I feel this and this is beautiful and it's sad and it's profound and I'm just overwhelmed by all of that sadness and beauty. And one of those movies for me is uh, a Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life. Anyone seen it? I'm going to tell you the story today. So if you haven't seen it, you're like, you know, I'm going to spoil it for you. Spoiler alert, friends, it's been out for a while. So you, you had a chance to see it before. I'm not, gonna t- I'm not talking about Star Wars tonight. I'm talking about it's black and white. It's, it's out for a while. It's a story of George Bailey. And George, since he was a young man, had big dreams and hopes for his life. He's kind of this ambitious, big dreamer kind of guy. And I connect with that. And there's a series of unfortunate events. And he gets stuck living in his hometown. Um, and, and while he watched his friends and all of his, you know, his brother and all of his friends and this girl he sort of liked, they all go off to college. They move on with their lives. They get these jobs, you know, all this sort of stuff. But he, he gets stuck living in his hometown. Um, and he never gets to do any of those things. And he stays in his hometown uh, to keep the, the, the Bailey's Savings and Loan open, uh, the small little bank that's helping people who often can't afford to buy homes uh, get a loan. This, in fact, this last time, uh, this is something we've talked about in our community. I was like, this is a movie about affordable housing, which made me cry like even more because like, you know, like they're, they're like really helping people get their homes. It's, don't get me started, you know. So, but, but after this life of sacrifice, investing, like helping people do, like get something that's really good, um, nothing hardly goes right. And he gets tired and he gets, you know, hopeless. And, and, and then this just, this one, it just, it piles on and this one thing happens. His uncle near the end of the movie loses $8,000, which this is a black and white movie. I guess that's a lot of money back then. And, and I guess it's a lot of money now, but this means not only that all of his hard work, you know, isn't going to pay off, but, but he's going to end up in jail. It's, I don't exactly understand how that works, but that's his fear. And he decides at that moment that his life just isn't worth it. It's not worth it. You know, I sacrificed everything and nothing wants to work anyways, and I put all this effort into something that isn't going to pay out anyways, and why keep trying to do good if it just causes more trouble? Why give up all that you have and all that you want to get nothing good in return? I could have done something else with my life. So he goes to this bridge. He stands up on the railing. He's overlooking this river. Climbs up on the rail. And he's going to end it all. But a moment before he does, this angel by the name of Clarence shows up. Clarence. And he is an angel, just like you would expect an angel to be if their name was Clarence. <laughs> and Clarence runs up, and he 
Clarence ju- is kind of an interesting character. He jumps off the bridge first. And, and of course, George jumps into the water to save this angel. And so the angel saves George by getting him to do what he always does, put other people first. Clarence then does for George what I think many of us would wish for ourselves. He shows George what the world would look like if he wasn't there. The movie ends in this beautiful climactic scene where George not only comes to terms with the fact that he actually has made a difference, but he also, even more importantly, realizes just how loved he is by everyone. And I just, like, cry. It touches on two core desires. Maybe you share them. I want to know I'm making a difference. And I want to know that I'm loved. Surely you want at least one of those, maybe both. Don't you? You want to know that you're making a difference. That, that you being here matters. And if you weren't, the world would be a different place. And you want to know that you belong, that you're loved, that that people care about you, that if you were missing, it wouldn't just be because of your impact in the world, but your mere presence would be missed. Both of these are summed up in one word, worthiness. Am I worth it? Here at uh, Central City Church, we've been talking a lot this uh, Advent season about mental health, and I, and I know that that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Uh, it's a word that can refer to everything from addiction to developmental struggles to anxiety to moments like George Bailey, where uh, you just don't want to go on. And, and I'm no expert in any of these, um, but I know that for myself and for many people I know, and, and I'm guessing for many you, of you here, one of the things that we often wrestle with across the spectrum of these different mental health categories is this idea of worthiness. Am I worth it? Am I worthy of love? Am I worthy of respect? Am I worthy of community? Am I able to make a difference? I'm, I'm actually uh, currently seeing a therapist uh, um, and have been for a couple of weeks, and I, I, I open up and I tell him some story or some incident, and, and he, he's like, his favorite question is like, do you think that's, a, like, that's an issue of worthiness for you, Joe? And I'm like, it always is, therapist, <laughs> every time. <laughs> so thank you. <clears throat> if you're not sure, you're not sure where you land, or then just turn to the Christmas story. You see, the Christmas story begins um, in a lot of ways long before Jesus is born. It begins, the Bible begins, it begins in the book of Genesis. In the first chapter of Genesis, we read this really beautiful passage about how God created and put into place all that we see, the rivers and the seas and the forests and the mountains and the stars and the skies and the warmth of the sun and the cool of the night and the stiff dry land and the, the chaotic foamy seas and the animals and the plants. And then God created humans. But God didn't just create humans like God did everything else. God said, this time around with the humans, they're going to be a little different. I'm going to create them, and they're going to bear my image. I'm going to make them sort of like me. Not God, but they're going to be created in God's image. They'll be creative like me and be able to make decisions and have say over their futures like me. They'll have relationships like me. They'll be able to be in community and experience and to give and receive love and to give and receive vulnerability. 
I'm going to create humans in my image, God says. And this is unique because we, we often find value based on what other people say about us, based on what we can accomplish. I mean, in some ways, that's the story of George Bailey. We, we want this external validation. But, but the creation story is a story that suggests that it doesn't matter what people say, and it doesn't matter what you accomplish. You are, by the mere fact that you're existing and created in God's image, have intrinsic value. It doesn't change. You are worthy. That's how special we are. We're created in God's image. And if we stop there, that should be good enough. Pretty good. But then the Christmas story comes along. And we read it in John chapter 1, that, that in the most theological version of the Christmas story, uh, the version that we didn't hear tonight, uh, there's this beautiful narrative that was read by, uh, by our readers. I think, thanks for doing that. And then John chapter 1 leaves all those details out and just goes deeply theological. And in, in, in that version, it just simply talks about how God took on flesh. That Jesus being born into the world was more than just this nativity, more than angels and shepherds and wise men. It was theological. It was supernatural. It was God becoming one of us. And we read in the creation story, if we go back to the creation story, we read that God created, that, that we are created in God's image. But when we go to the Christmas story, we read that God would be born in our image. The creation story is like, oh, I'm going to make, I'm going to create these humans like me. And then in the Christmas story, God's like, I'm going to actually become one of them. God will become one of us. Whew. I heard once the difference between sympathy and empathy described like this. It was, it was actually in a video that was animated and it, to the voice of Brene Brown. Um, she says, imagine you're in this uh, dark hole and you're stuck and it's terrible so bad that you just want to end it all. It's, it's just not a good place. You're in this dark hole. You're in a pit. Empathy is when someone climbs down into the hole to be with you. And they say, hey, you know what? I know what it's like down here. And you're not alone. Empathy. Sympathy, on the other hand, is where you're standing at the top of the, hill, uh, top of the hole and you yell down, wow, that looks, that looks like it really sucks. The Christmas story is how God climbed into the hole with us. No matter what you're going through, God wants to be with you. In your divorce, God doesn't yell from the edge. God climbs down and he sits with you through it, every second of it. In your illness, God's climbing down to meet you there. In your sorrow and your loneliness, God is saying, I'm here. I became human so I could know what that feels like. In your fear, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your job or your lack of job, God says, I want to sit here with you. The book of Hebrews tells it like this. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. It says, we don't have someone who is unable to empathize. We have someone who can empathize. Because God took on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. God climbed into the hole with us and then, and then ultimately built the ladder so we could get out, died, wiping our slate clean, giving us grace and peace. Now, why would God go through all that trouble if we weren't worth it? If you weren't worth it? The Christmas story, more than any other story, should leave us confident that we're worth it, that I matter, that you matter, no matter what. And you do, you matter no matter what, period. I want to be a person 
I'm not very good at this. I'll be completely honest with you. I'm, I'm really, I'm really actually, this is, I'm really bad at this. You can ask people who are close to me. I want, but I want to get better at climbing into the hole with people. You know, just sitting there. A wise uh, person once told me that there's no transformation without incarnation. There's no transformation in whatever area you're hoping to see change in your marriage and your, with your friends and your community and your neighborhood and the world and the nation. There's no transformation without incarnation, climbing down, living with and in the place where you hope to see change. In the movie, one of the things that uh, sent George into a spiral was the fact that his bank had lost... Um, $8,000, and it, it would result in a deficit, and George would be responsible and even end up in jail. Well, he didn't steal it. It got lost. It's a whole story. I recommend the movie. I haven't seen it. It's a great movie. Um, but uh, the story ends with this scene, and uh, I'm going to show it to you. It's on this little TV in our living room. Not all of you are going to be able to see it. You're going to be bobbing around heads. You're going to be able to hear it. It'll be fine. If you didn't grow up in a large family, this is par for the course, friends. I mean, you just... I grew up in a large family, seven kids. You don't get, always get to see the screen. So we're going to watch this quick, quick little scene, uh, how this story ends. Christmas! Well, Merry Christmas. Merry! Merry! Yay! Yay! Hello, Bedford Falls! Merry Christmas, George! Merry Christmas, movie house! Merry Christmas, Emporium! Merry Christmas, you wonderful building alone! Hey! Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! Happy New Year to you! In jail! Go on home, they're waiting for you! Bank examiner? How are you? Mr. Bailey, there's a deficit. I know, $8,000. George, I've uh, got a little paper. There. I'll bet it's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't it wonderful? I'm going to jail. Merry Christmas. Reporters, are... where's Mary? Mary, oh, look at this wonderful old drafty house. Mary! 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 Have you, have you seen my wife? Mary, 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 Mary. Kids! Pete! Oh, 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 I could eat you up. <laughs> Where's your mother? We're looking for you. With Uncle she... Billy. Daddy! Zozo, Zozo, my little ginger snap. How do you feel? Fine. Not a smidge of temperature. Not a smidge of temperature. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. Hello. George. George, Mary. darling. Where are you? George, darling. Where are you? Oh, oh George. 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 Oh, George. George. Oh, Oh, George, you have no idea what's happened to me. You have no idea what happened. Well, oh, come on, George, come on downstairs. Quick, we're right. on the way. All right. Come on. <laughs> come on in here now. <laughs> now you stand right over here by the tree. Right. right there, and don't move. Don't move. What's happening? Wow. Oh, I hear them coming yeah. now. It's George, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Who's that? Come, Daddy. 
from London. Oh. Mr. Gower cabled you need cash. Stop. My office instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Oh. Hee-haw and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. because a friend was in need and their community came around, all of them giving what they could to make a difference. In our community, in our neighborhood, in our city, and certainly in our church, um, there are people who need this kind of love. There are people who are hurting. There are people who are struggling in their marriages, in their sense of identity and feeling worthless and struggling with their worthiness, feeling alone, struggling with loneliness. And there are ways that we can help, and we want to do that as a church. So first, um, we want to grow in our ability to empathize, um, to be a community that, um, you know, gets down to the hole and it sits with people. And it's not going to happen overnight, and it's something I need to grow in, and I know it's um, learned from many of you, in fact. Second, and this is far more practical, um, We're raising funds to help launch a new initiative here focused on mental health. Uh, The money's going to be used to hold some preventative classes and events and promote mental health and reduce the stigma around it, but also help offset costs for those who want to see a counselor, who want to go to a therapist, but the, the cost of it is the barrier. I was just talking to someone this week who's connected to our community, and I told them about this, this focus, and he's like, he literally said to me, I know I need to see a counselor. The reason I haven't is I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. So we've started raising funds. We've already raised uh, um, uh, a third of what we hope to raise. And um, we want to remove that barrier from people's lives. Uh, so tonight, uh, we are going to take up an offering. And, and I'll just, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't hide anything. I, I showed that clip before we take up an offering. Okay, so that's 100% intentional. Um, so that's just how it works, you know, but as long as you say it, then it's not, then it doesn't feel manipulative, right? Um, 
But uh, we are taking an offering, but 100% of it's going to go towards this initiative. Um, it's going to go towards real people who want to see a counselor but struggle to, to cover it. We won't be covering all of the costs, and we won't be covering indefinitely, but we're figuring out and we're building a team to kind of figure out what this looks like, as well as, as, well as uh, just being the type of community that really cares for people. So um, we are going to uh, – there's a couple different ways you can give. Um, if you go to our website, uh, you don't have to give tonight per se. Uh, our website, centralcity.co, there's a tab that says give, and it will take you to an online give form. And there's one of the funds now. There's a general fund. Uh, there's a little bottoms fund, and there's um, a fund that says mental health, and you can give that way. In a little bit, though, we will be passing around a basket. So if you feel so inclined to give, you can do that. I also want to mention that if you're a visitor with us, um, we have uh, on a chair near you little connect card. And if, we, if you're interested in anything we said tonight, or if you have a question or a prayer request, or you're like, hey, I want to learn more about this. Uh, some of the things we have coming up in our community, like uh, kicking off a new series uh, about what it means to be a, a, a community that's connected, as well as um, yoga, free yoga, by the way. Um, so if you're interested in that, fill out the connect card. We'd love to get you on the email list. We will be taking up a free little donation for the yoga, but it's essentially free. So if you're interested in anything or just want to connect with us, we'd love for you to fill out the connect card. That basket's a great place to put it as well. If you don't have a chance to give or if you don't have a chance to fill out the card, um, and, uh, we would just invite you to do it at the Dropbox, which you can see the sign for um, over there. So we're going to transition our time of worship uh, through giving. Uh, will you pray with me? God, we give you thanks for all that you do in and through us. We know that you've called us to be the light of the world, uh, not because we are ourselves bright, but because you first came broke through the darkness and are bringing light into our lives. We are so grateful. Come and meet us in this moment. So Lord, we come and we pray just as you taught us. 